Karina Devetta here. It's a new podcast and um, this time we're going to try it with um, the video camera as well. I've got a wonderful friend here and um, she's my guest today for this podcast. It's Sarah Beher. So welcome to you, Sarah. Thank Before, you so much. Yes, of course. I'm so privileged and I'm so thankful that you're opening up about this conversation I just want to uh, remind everyone, you know why I'm doing this podcast. This podcast is really to be honest and vulnerable and authentic and to talk all things faith-related and relationship-related. And, um, you know, I like it really honest and authentic, so um, this will be no different. This will be another podcast of those. Please let me know if you like it. Subscribe and also share it with those that really might need this uh, conversation. A little disclaimer before we start, this is a really sensitive topic and um, it's about date rape and if you have any sort of triggers that could come, I would encourage you to not listen to this podcast. This is probably not for you and um, that's totally fine. Um, that is my little disclaimer and we love you all the same. If this is no trigger for you, we will probably start getting right into it. Ah, oh, Sarah, such a, such a tricky uh, conversation, isn't it? So thank you again mm -hmm. uh, for having this with me. The same is for you. I just want to make sure that you also know if there is at any point where you feel like, okay, you know, this is getting actually a little too heavy for me right now, or I'm asking something that you feel uncomfortable answering or that it's going too fast, please just let me know. And um, we want to be very respectful and very um, loving towards you with all of this. Um, I know this is a big deal to talk about this publicly. So please just be so very free um, to talk to me about this. Sarah, just a couple of things so that pe people can get to know you. You are under 30 and over 25. Correct. <laughs> you um, grew up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. Maybe say something about that. How you, Because, you know, every Christian home is different. How would you describe sure. that? I did. Um, yes, I did grow up in a Christian home. Lovely parents. I think is every parent and every Christian parent just the same. <laughs> there was good and bad. <laughs> that um, I grew up loving Jesus and knowing God and getting to read Bible stories. Um, so picking up a lot of their faith. Um, also picking up some unhelpful beliefs, <laughs> which we might get into later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do have lovely parents and after um, some seasons I'm so happy to say that we're so um, friends now we have such a good relationship oh, it's lovely. <laughs> are you moving the table or something on the table ah, I have my hands on the table uh, I've just heard like a couple of yeah so just <laughs> because otherwise it cuts your voice out that'd be so sad yes and yet um, 
and you, I'm sure you've been, uh, your parents talked you through dating and marriage and all those things, a Christian girl and boy were here in youth clubs. I'm sure you have listened to all of those talks and preaches, maybe given one or two yourself. And, um, and then some, there was a horrible event that happened in your life. Do you want to summarize that for us or would you like me to summarize mm -hmm. that? No, I can do that. Thank you. Um, yes, I did. I get, got all the teachings and all the no sex before marriage and be careful who you meet where. Um, and I was oh, 24 years old, I think. Um, and I had just started dating this guy, um, Christian guy. Everyone was happy and encouraging me. Um, there was a whole set of circumstances around that I, I won't get into much. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but after a couple of dates, um, he was coming to visit me at my home. And it was a season. Um, I actually had been sick and not well for two weeks, not sleeping much mm. at all. Um, I really, I actually called him the day before telling him not to come. And we had lesson and then he ended up coming anyway. Um, and I was not so good with boundaries back then, not very practiced. <laughs> um, and so Actually, that's an interesting topic as well that we probably should pick up on as well later on boundaries and the necessi necessity to learn about them before anything, not just in a romantic yeah. relationship, but any relationship. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember um, you and I, I mean, we have done you know, quite a few years of mentoring and we had some mentoring time even before mm. this all happened. Yeah. And boundaries yeah. had already been a big topic then. Mm. Um, so mentally, I think I already had started that process, but I wasn't practiced <laughs> at all. And I think in crisis situations, um, because it wasn't, I just showed, it wasn't so set in yet, um, you fall back on habits. So yeah that's that's what happened um and i did let him come and he was he was there um and i ended up getting raped that night um i was crazy tired he was um pushing and you know starting to wanting to undress me and pushing towards sleeping with me um and i told him i don't want this and i told him no But there was no reaction to it and no response. Um, and I remember there was a moment where I tried to push him away and I felt like I didn't have any energy in my hands at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said you were sick as well beforehand. And I mean, I know you, you're a tiny person, really tiny. You really are tiny. <laughs> It's not funny, but you are tiny. You're a very small person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I tried to push and I didn't have no energy at all. Um, and there was just a moment where I panicked and I completely froze after yeah. that. There was nothing anymore. That Which is such an, one of the normal responses to something really horrific happening to you is to just freeze, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, and you always think you're going to fight and whatnot, but... Um, honestly, I never thought of rape being a situation like this either. You know, you, oh. in your head, probably every woman has like this rape fear at some point. But, yeah. Um, 
but I always imagine it would be this crazy aggressive situation and you're fighting for your life and if at all right if at all I mean we don't fantasize about those things obviously (laughs) obviously and I think especially when you're in a Christian relationship I think there are Mm -hmm. sort of um certain I don't know, like certain things that you don't even question half the time. You just assume that the other person is like you are because that's how we're also raised in that way. Would you agree with that? Yeah, very much so. You can't even imagine. I couldn't. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. imagine that happening. No. Even then, like, like, part of the reason I think why I panicked so much was that I knew that we had had a date before where... He, he didn't stop when I said no you know when it it right. not, it wasn't nearly as physical and there was no you know nakedness involved or anything but it just it took such a forceful mm-hmm. no and again and again for things to stop and to be like no actually I want to stop kissing now <laughs> I'm, I'm done mm-hmm. and so which in hindsight obviously major red flag major yeah. red flag but I couldn't imagine. I was like, this is a Christian guy. He must have not heard me or he must have right. I must have misunderstood. I must have been So it's somehow yeah. your fault that yeah. he didn't hear it and didn't respond. Yeah. yeah. And of course you know by now that it really is not true, that it was not your fault. The responsibility of what happened to you is not your fault. You saying no, please stop, and then the other person not stopping, that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and I just wonder how many people have to hear that again if it's date rape if it's kissing where does it start where does it end where it's rape within marriage mm-hmm. no is a no and mm-hmm. no is a no and it needs to be respected and we're not trying to play hard to get or anything yeah. like that yeah exactly is that something that was, mm, yeah that was like way later like when I started processing this it was one of the things that shocked me so much to find that there's actually like culture around Mm -hmm. no doesn't mean no but it's like please try to convince me harder or something like that And, and it was a big thing for me also even afterwards you know can I I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around that someone would just bypass my no and the Christian guy would bypass it. So yeah. there was a lot of question around, is this really, was this really a rape? Did oh. he just not hear me? Did he just not, and if he, you know, did he not believe my no? But the, the thing is whether it's not about if he believed it or not, if there's a no, there's a no. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So. Sarah, how long did it take you then to really confide into some to someone? Because you say that there have been, there you were plagued with questions straight after the event and we're just going to pass mm-hmm. over that event I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. you to repeat anything and that's ridiculous to do anyway <laughs> so um when you realized for yourself like how long did that wrestle within you take before you could really say no this was this or did maybe somebody else help you to um mm-hmm. qualify it mm-hmm. yeah um it took pretty much a year, mm. um, almost to the day. Um, and yeah, it was someone else who actually called it, called it out um, for different reasons. Like I, I forgot a whole lot about that 
um, for a long time. I just disassociated with it. Um, right. right after, after the event, um, there was a marriage in our family um, just a few days after, actually. Um, Goodness. Mm. Yeah. And I remember um, thinking, I can't, I can't tell anyone right now. This will just ruin it for my family. And I was like, I can't talk to no one. <laughs> I'm just going to sit this out for a few days and then I'm going to process this. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, again, hindsight, um, there was, there was such a weird understanding in me of everyone else is more important. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, so I just, I left it for a few days and I pushed it down, but then, um, when I wanted to process, I couldn't. Okay. Then it was so, I was so disassociated. I knew something had happened. Um, I, I had the physical tellings. I knew something went on um, mm-hmm. and I had flashback moments. So um, yeah, I, I knew something had happened that night, but I couldn't place anymore. Like, did I, did I, end up here voluntarily did I did just something like what the hell happened here I yeah. can't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell happened here exactly yeah. so um that was a big part of it just not knowing and then I, I remember trying to process it with someone but because I was so confused myself I really did not express myself well at all yeah <laughs> and totally misunderstood me and so then I just I left it and just wrestled with the questions for quite a while Um, and panic attacks and all the glory that just comes with that. I remember because we were still in uh, in close relationship as well. I think for about a year, I just thought something's off with her. Like I couldn't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. I just knew something was off. Like you were, you were not yourself. You were like, if whatever you were working through came out in a different way and mm-hmm. so um did you did you find that also with other people that they were like maybe your family that they went like you know like watch yourself don't talk to me like that you know did you have like um impulsive responses to things that you know you sh- you wouldn't have had before um do you understand what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think so um, my mom told me afterwards that she had the same feeling that she was just like, this is not my daughter. Mm-hmm. She's so distant and I don't know what's going on. Um, so there must have been big yeah. Yeah. Um Myself. Actually, I don't think they were that big because we spent quite a lot of time with one another. There was, there were even that's, I think the biggest problem. They weren't big tales. Mm-hmm. They were just surprising they were just mm-hmm. at times like your personality was just not the same. I can't even <laughs> describe it. Do you know what I mean? And I think like yeah. you say, yeah, you were triggered and the openness and like something was not the same. And I think sometimes I even questioned, have I done something in our relationship? Have I done mm-hmm. something wrong? You know, and I always questioned and I, I couldn't, not that I don't do anything wrong, but I'm just, I couldn't in those moments kind of like, I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. And um, when you said like a friend, somebody pointed it out, you, you must have confided in your friend. And then 
that person must have said back to you, actually, you know, this mm -hmm. is rape. Is, is that what went down? Yeah, pretty much. It, it was a year later and um, I had had a weekend away with a friend um, and she specifically asked me about this guy. She knew that I had dated him. Mm -hmm. She specifically asked me what had happened. Right. Uh, the last time that um, that I, I met up with him and things. Mm -hmm. And I think she even asked about, you know, physically how, how far did you go? And we, we were pretty open with each other and just vulnerable. And Girlfriends. Girlfriend talk. Girlfriends. <laughs> so um, I started talking about it, about the that night. And I started even saying, you know, I'm not quite sure. And this and this and this. And as I was talking, memory started coming back. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of telling her whatever I remembered <laughs> and whatever I pictures um, pieced together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she turned to me and was like, Sarah, you were raped. That's mm -hmm. not sex. That's not how, that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's so interesting, even in this conversation, I just wanted to tell that to our uh, viewers or listeners. Um, I know you and I know that when you get nervous or when there's something uncomfortable, you cover it with a smile, with a giggle or with a smile. And I think this is so important. There is no one way to respond to nerves. There's no one way to res uh, respond to an uncomfortable situation. Some of us do one thing, some of us do another thing. So I just the listeners when you listen i just don't i want you to take that away just because somebody doesn't behave in the way that we think they should behave after something horrific happens doesn't mean it didn't happen you know and we all have different ways of coping with uncomfortable situations sarah when once you realized um, after this weekend away with your friends, I'm sure you started, I know you started to tell me about it and I'm sure you started telling your family about it. What was, that must have been really hard for starters. And what was your reception as a whole? And were you happy with it? And did you wish that there would have been a better reception? Mm. Mm. Yes, that was hard. <laughs> yeah, was, I imagine. Um, it was hard and it was helpful. I think they, they, I, I went through seasons. Mm -hmm. Like first, it was just, okay, me processing and reliving. And um, there, there was somewhat of a relief in, in in actually acknowledging what had happened because mm. of the year before and I had I had had panic attacks for 10 months or so every night and not been able to sleep and things like that and yeah. just knowing, okay this makes sense now this this has a I make sense again <laughs> I feel um I, I feel like there's there's a reason somewhere there and so um to start when I started telling people obviously in the beginning I just told like really close people like like you of my course. sister people that are really really close and safe <laughs> and family um and it was painful and helpful at the same time because just speaking it out made it more real and helped mm. me also to get like a bit of that feedback of I think in the beginning um as 
I don't know if that's weird or not, but I think it was a little bit testing out also. Like, is this is this rape? Is this right? This is like, is there? <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So that was that, um, and I'm so thankful. I have to say, um, for for my family and for for you, and that I had this system of people who actually who responded really well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember my sister just crying with me on the phone, sitting for hours, and then getting on the train the next day and just being with me and just yeah, just being there and feeling. And that is that was a huge deal that just yeah. it helped so much to just be okay to to validate the emotion mm. to not talk it away wonderful um yeah there was also a very a very of like i've also had some weird reactions um thankfully not too much at least mm-hmm. not in a close circle um but uh, you know someone just said oh that's just what happens to people you just gotta get over it (laughs) what yeah that also happened where yeah and it thankfully I was a bit further along like it wasn't the first couple weeks I think otherwise that would have I don't know what that would have done to me um but also yeah I was just I just recorded a podcast um, with somebody and we were just talking about the importance of mourning with those who mourn. And when you just said, that makes me so happy that you, and I mean, I know some of it, that's why I'm asking you to have this chat, but um, the importance of having just some people to sit with and to just, because it is such a painful situation, grief and um, processing pain is you feel it in every fiber of your body, wouldn't you agree? And yeah. so, and you, this reliving of a situation as you process, I think that's also quite hard. And just having somebody there to just give you pressure to your nervous system, mm-hmm. because you really feel sometimes as though you're exploding, like your body is exploding. It's not just like a little bit like, oh, my soul is crushed. No, you feel like your whole being is going to dis- be destroyed by reliving and processing it, by allowing this pain to pass through you almost. And um, would you also agree that just having the people there to give you that emotional pressure, I remember sometimes just when you were triggered, I'm just grabbing you and just holding onto you as hard as I could, just wait until your panic attack was over. Um, That is what is with this other person that I was talking about, there was none of that. And I'm so happy and so glad that there was some of that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if that wasn't perfect, but that there was some of it for you. And um, yeah, that, that makes me really happy and glad that you bring that up in saying the importance of that is valuable. Absolutely. No, I would 100% agree. That was the, the biggest and the only helpful thing really I think right but like for my family um, I ended up moving back to to my my parents at some point because I was so overwhelmed mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I, I actually came home one day um from work at like middle of the day 
and I, I remember walking home and my only thought was, okay, I'm going to drink as soon as I'm home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> empty the bottle of whatever I find and being so shocked by myself that I, I just I packed my bag I went home but I went and started packed my bag and went to my parents I was like I need I need some sort of someone around me to yeah make sure I'm not going to go help share the pain yeah. help share the pain I mean we we talk about that you know when we share when we bring something into the light, then the other person, while they can't take it away from us, right? They can share in it. Like we share in a joy. Somebody tells us, you know, something amazing has happened and we're like, oh, you know, we care about that person. It's almost like a part of us is so happy as though it would have happened to us, right? And I think that's the same um, part of the emotion that opens up when we care about somebody and that person is hurting that as that person shares that part of that pain mm -hmm. we carry that with them we yeah. can't carry it for them of course not mm -hmm. but for a moment we can we can carry it together right yeah. um, that's so wonderful Sarah I'm really I just I just think that's so important that our listeners like hear it hear that again that to find somebody, mm -hmm. to open up, to acknowledge it to oneself, and then yeah. to find a support system if you don't have. And what do people do if they don't have a support system, Sarah? What would you say? Honestly, I would say find a really good trauma therapist. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is the other thing that really helped me. Right. Um, once, once I had shared with a few people, and once I kind of. I had I was was more able to actually label. Okay, I was raped. This is a trauma. This is not a small thing. And mm -hmm. I I went and looked for a trauma therapist, um, and she was amazing. And that was a whole. It was just that was very very helpful to just have someone to listen, to talk you through, to to. To, it's just as you did just now just to put words to okay no this is why you're feeling this and that's okay and <laughs> this is how you can get through this and breathe and hold so yeah I'm brilliant yeah. yeah get some help I think that's an important message and that's from a Christian who's grown up in a Christian home who had some friends and family who responded in a desirable fashion and yet you sought out a trauma therapist, you know, and I hear some people going, well, isn't Jesus enough? Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. prayer enough? Aren't you a prayerful person? Like, mm -hmm. did you pray? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> exactly. And some days I didn't and some days mm -hmm. I couldn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I did. And I believed I would come out of it. Um, but I also was like, I'm going to get every help I can. Yes, that's so true. And it's necessary, isn't it? We're not meant to walk through pain no. alone. No. Yeah, absolutely. And even with, you know, that was the other thing. You did talked about mourning and grief and having to feel things. Um, that was probably one of the biggest things I had to relearn from myself in that season. And right. really right. unpack like that whole belief of, unspoken but you know as a Christian you're happy and God is good all the time and 
you don't need to grieve long or you don't need to have much many crazy emotions <laughs> because emotions are scary and not good and you know it's it's sin for some people you know yeah i was having a conversation with my husband a couple of months ago and um i was processing something and i could just feel that he was so uneasy and i just switched and i said just say it what do you think this is and he just said it out and he said i think that's sin and he went like this and he said i just heard it i had to say it but i just heard it you know and i was like okay well you know that's why you can't comfort me you don't comfort me right now because you think i'm sinning you don't realize how i'm hurting and so that's what what i and you know he we, we he got it right but the importance of even saying that out loud like you just said you know that is bad theology yeah <laughs> it's bad theology you know even jesus cried you know he yeah. he was about to raise lazarus from the yeah. dead and what did he do he didn't say hey hang on a minute god is good the father's gonna do it no he wept he allowed everybody and he allowed himself i sometimes wonder i mean he knew everything right but i sometimes wonder did he know it or did he know it as he grieved did god speak? did the father then speak and say i know you're grieving but hey now do this because he didn't do anything independent of himself yeah. so yes he knew what the father wanted to do but he did he know everything in advance every little detail do you know what i mean Absolutely. so i mean this is speculation but however even if he knew he still allowed the weeping and he wept himself so how much more should we weep yeah. with our friends yeah for real In process yeah and he even what hit me so much was like he he told people to mourn like in the bible god so often i mean often it's in the old testament but he's the same right so <laughs> he obviously has emotions and he told them mourn Asher on your help. I don't know what that is in English. Asher's on your something. Yeah. <laughs> but, right, like there's obviously a worth to it. Mm, absolutely. I was looking, I was doing a study on lament and lament means to extravagantly grieve. Mm -hmm. So that's one expression of that. And I think when we look in the Old Testament, it was extravagant. Put mm -hmm. ash clothes on, throw yeah. it around, way loudly in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole drama around yeah. it as a representation of the sad, sad thing that just happened yeah. or the sad, sad thing the Lord feels. Yeah. So, and actually, even in the New Testament, if we look at the platitudes, you know, blessed are those who mourn. Yeah. Actually, I need to look up the other part. It doesn't come to me right now. <laughs> but blessed are those who mourn. They are blessed. Mm -hmm. Not the happy. The Those who mourn, they are blessed. I'm sure it's because they will be comforted. You know, blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. And I think I've said it in the other podcast. I've said it in an interview. I'm going to say it again. I truly believe we miss out on the comfort of God when we deny ourselves to open our heart in our grief and we mourn and we grieve and we do it for as long as it takes. Because yeah. it is only then that we invite the comfort of God. There's no other time that we will experience the comfort of God. Yeah. So um, it is very true. Absolutely. And it's one of the biggest things that I would, that I wouldn't want to miss. 
I, that is, there is a kindness in that comfort mm -hmm. of God, in that Holy Spirit just sitting with me in that, that's, I, that will never, it will forever have changed me and I would never want to go back on knowing that closeness, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. So, yeah. And I know, like, there was a day he actually felt Holy Spirit telling me, you know what, right now you're feeling so out of control and so worthless and so much shame and all of that like if you don't mourn and if you just bypass the process it's as if you're agreeing it's as if you're saying it doesn't matter but it did matter it does matter and i that was it's not justice and it, i was worth more and everyone this happens to it's not okay it's not just something to bypass so i needed right. the, the crying and the screaming and the tears for a month yeah uh, until I thought Gosh, I and a month is not even long at all. Months. <laughs> oh, months. <laughs> yes. I, I thought a month, like, wow, I don't <laughs> remember that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Probably about half a year of crying myself yes. to sleep yes. and screaming like a crazy person. Yes. But, so, right, yeah. it's so important what you said. And I just want to finish this part um, with you right now. We're going to go and have a second part, definitely, for this chat. But you just said it you have worth and i just want to say to every uh, listener and everybody who's watching this on youtube you know your heart matters your yeah. heart matters it matters to god there is a reason why in matthew 10 the lord speaks and he says come to me all you who are heavy laden and burdened and i will give you rest learn from me like learn from me and so we will finish this at this point and um, we will just finish here. I just, actually, I'm just, Sarah, would you just pray with me real quick for anybody who is listening right now? Father God, we just thank you that you are near to those who are brokenhearted. And Father, we just pray right now that you will touch every person who has listened um, to this podcast so far. And we pray that you comfort them, that you give them courage to acknowledge to themselves if something traumatic, horrific and unkind has happened, however small or however big. And Father, we pray for them that they will have at least one good friend that they can confide in. And if they don't even have that, that they will go and run and find a trustworthy person. And um, Father, we pray that doors would be open for them to get out of the situation, to process this situation and to begin their healing in Jesus name. Yes. Amen. 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 Sarah, thank you so much. Um, we will be back with the part two soon. Scars still red, but eyes clear for the road ahead. So I